The word of the Lord is being brought today by a dear friend of mine. I've known this man for 26 years, since 1989. We met back when I was a CPA, car parking attendant. And he was a pastor in Big Sandy, Texas. And Bill and I are both grandparents now. We've come a long ways. Bill is here with his lovely wife, Deborah. You're going to be blessed by the word that Bill brings. Come right on, Bill. It's always a privilege to be asked to come to Granbury. In fact, Monday, uh, Deborah had the day off, and we drove down here from North Fort Worth, which is where we live, and uh, just hung out on the square and had some coffee and had a great time. And uh, We enjoy coming down here. And, of course, it's not our first time to be here with you. And uh, I think one of the first times I came to Granbury was in a little bitty building across 377 over there somewhere. It was almost like a house or something. I don't remember what it was like, but uh, that was one of the first times that I came here. And so it's been a joy, the friendship that we have. And uh, as Alan said, I did meet him when he was a CPA. And you know what I learned when Alan told me that? He told me he was a CPA. I said, what do you do? So I'm a CPA. And I went, wow. He goes, yeah, car parking attendant. When he said that, I thought, here's a guy who knows how to see the best in any situation. He can see the best in any situation, and we've always appreciated uh, both he and Yvette and their kids, and as he said, we're grandparents now, and uh, I mean, I'm way too young to be that, but uh, you're looking at me funny, aren't you? I'm only 53. I know I don't look a day over 60 with all the gray hair, but I earned this. I worked for this, so I'm... I told somebody once that uh, the reason I look older than I am is that I had my hair professionally frosted by God. So, you know. I want to bring a message to you this morning that I've entitled, He Changes Everything. Here we are in January of 2015. We've become, we've turned into a new year and, you know, there's a, there's a cultural tradition. People make New Year's resolutions. Anybody in here do that? Anybody say, you know what, this is a new opportunity, it's, it's, a, it's a fresh start, and that culturally we identify with it. It's a, it's a chance to kind of start again, and of course, unfortunately, you know, gym memberships go up exponentially in January. Do you know that? That's actually true. And then they drop off again about April, because people don't. <laughs> How many of you have ever bought a piece of exercise equipment that now serves as an extra closet, a place to hang your clothing? I've found that a treadmill... Holds a lot of my clothes. Keeps them off the floor. But here's the, here's the deal. What I want to talk to you about as we look into this new year, as we turn the corner in 2015, I want us to think a little bit about the purposes and plan of God for our lives. See, I'm one of those who fully believes when the Scripture teaches us that we were formed and fashioned by the hand of God in our mother's womb with purpose and intention in mind. That there's not an accident among us, and that God saw something in His Creator's mind's eye and shaped and formed us accordingly. And based on that, He has put purpose into the very core of who we are. And, and so we're constantly searching. We're searching to see that kind of fulfillment. There's something in every human being that feels like there's something more than what we're actually experiencing now. And that has been put inside of us by our Creator, our Father, God. So if you can hear what I want to share with you this morning in that context of purpose and and kingdom purpose and, and connecting and partnering with God, then I think we can all choose to be encouraged today from what we're going to read. 
He changes everything. For the last 10, almost 15 years, really, I have gone to Luke chapter 5 at the beginning of each year, and God has spoken something fresh to me from this passage of Scripture every time I've gone to it. So if you wouldn't mind, turn to Luke chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. You notice I'm holding an iPad here. There's one reason for that. I think I told you this the last time I was here. The font is larger. Anybody identify with that? There you go. Amen. Thank you, sir. Here's what the Scripture says in Luke chapter 5, beginning with verse 1. So it was, as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, that he, that's referring to Jesus, stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing uh, by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, now if you're one of those who likes to underline or highlight, this would be a good word to underline or highlight. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. Here's the setting. Simon, who would become Peter, and I'll refer to him throughout the message now as Simon Peter, so you'll get the idea. Simon Peter, here he is, a guy who is a fisherman by trade. Now, what you need to understand is if there were an outdoor channel back in biblical times, if there were a, a fishing channel back in these, Peter would have had a show. He would have hosted his own show. He was not a recreational fisherman. He was not a, a amateur. He was not a novice. He was a professional fisherman. This is what he did. It's how he made his living. It's how he provided for his family. He has spent an entire night doing what he knows to do and knows how to do. Okay? Unfortunately, he's had one of those nights where he's done everything he knows how to do, and it has brought no results, or at least not the results he was after. Have you ever been in a situation where you've done all the things you know to do? You've worked all the formulas, everything you learned in Sunday school, everything you've ever heard taught from the pulpit, everything you've ever heard on TV. You did the ABCs and the one, two, threes of faith. You did everything. You said the right thing. You stood the right way. You kneeled the right way. You did everything. You changed even the way you said words. Instead of God, He was God. You've tried it all, but no results that you can tangibly see. And you find yourself in a situation. Anybody, by the way? Anybody? Well, thank you, because I was feeling a little embarrassed there for a moment that maybe it was just me, that I'd been in that situation. 
Here was Simon Peter, and it says that they were now on shore, these fishermen, and they were taking their nets, they were washing them, and putting them away. Can I tell you that the greatest risk that all of us face as far as seeing the purposes of God fulfilled in our lives, it is not mistakes, it is not failure. It's that we will give up. Because you see, God has made provision in His grace for mistakes and for failure. God has made provision for those things. That when we come to Him, we find... What's the Scripture say? Lord, if it weren't for Your compassions, we'd all be consumed. Your mercies are new every morning. If you haven't done it, try just waking up in the morning... With that thought in your mind, God's mercies for me today are fresh and new. It can change your whole outlook on your day. So here's the setting. This professional fisherman has done all he knows to do, but he's got no fish. No fish. And it's interesting to me the timing of Jesus showing up on the scene. He has waited until they've exhausted all of their abilities all of their efforts, all of their energies, and they're quitting. And Jesus shows up on the scene and changes everything. Sometimes it's when we're at the very end of what we know to do or know how to do. That's when Jesus inserts himself. I wonder why he times it that way. Sometimes it's when we come to the end of us that we become ready. See, it's, that's, when it's our, that's when our need becomes greater than our resistance. I want to share with you three things about Jesus that change everything. Here's the first one. His presence with us. Now, you Bible scholars among us are already saying, well, Billy promised to be with us to the end of the age. This is no big thing. Theologically, we understand that God is omnipresent. He is everywhere at all times. There's no place you can go that God is not. So for you to make this statement, His presence with us is what changes everything, that is kind of a, you know, big deal. Whatever. We know that. Do you? You see, it's not so much the issue of is He present. It's really more an issue of how aware you are of His presence. There's a difference between him being present and you being aware of his presence. See, I have this gift, I have this ability, it's this incredible skill set that I seem to possess that makes me a unique individual in the earth. And that is, I can have an entire conversation with my wife, apparently agree to many things on a list of things to do, and have no memory of it after the conversation. It's a gift. The gift usually manifests itself when I am busy watching or focused on a sporting event or playing my guitar. That's another one. Uh, I can get so focused in that. I, I'll, I'll say, mm-hmm, yeah, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know what she's saying. Is it true that she was present? Yes. Was I fully aware of her presence? No. What I've learned to do when she walks in the room Mute the TV if I'm watching television. Put down whatever it is I'm doing so I can listen. 
and hear and become aware of her presence. And before you think I'm being really a great guy, most of that is to protect myself from agreeing to things I don't want to do. (laughs) Just being honest, I'm putting that out there. But there is a huge difference between someone being present and our awareness of their presence. The thing that comes into play here that changes everything is His presence with us. And I want you to see two things about this. One is, it's the accepting of His request. Jesus got in Simon's boat and said, would you mind? Would you be willing? Would you push out a little bit from the shore? What He was saying was, would you allow me to use your boat as my platform? You see, accepting his request. He wants you to walk in a continual awareness that he's in this with you. Whatever your boat is. Whatever your boat is. Simon agrees and says yes, and he pushes back, and suddenly this boat becomes a platform for Jesus to instruct and to teach this multitude of people. Here's the second thing about his presence with us. It's not just accepting his request. It's recognizing our need. It's when we come full, uh, have our full attention brought that we need him with us in this. Or it's not going to work. Can I just tell you that if your sense of God's purposes in your life feels like something you can accomplish on your own, you're wrong. And you're thinking too small. If you are only dreaming and having a vision for what you feel capable of, it's too small. You've missed it. It's not what God saw when he formed and fashioned you. You're actually settling for what you're capable of doing without God. Does that ring a bell? That got somebody's attention? See, I'm 53 years old, and I was a pastor for over 30 years. Had a regular paycheck, had the same, you know, different churches, but over that period of time, knew what I was doing, had a set uh, pattern, a set thing. I knew what was coming on Sunday. I knew what I was going to do on Wednesday. That's what I've done. I've done that for 34 years, actually. But in early 2013, I, I went to this scripture again, and I heard the Lord say to me, it's time to do something else. I'm like, really? What is that? And Bill Lecky Ministries was born. Can I just tell you, I don't know, this applies to every age group, every season of life. You never reach a place, ever, that God will say, okay, you can coast on in from here. Not going to happen. The purposes of God for your life go from the moment you were born until the moment you leave this life. There is no time that he says, hey, kick back, take it easy, just coast on in from here, baby. You got it. Not happening. Not happening. How many of you know, some of you in the room I know, or at least in my age bracket are close. You're probably younger, but you're close. Recognize that the older we get, the less flexible we seem to become. That's not just true physically, although it is true physically. I have reached the age I can hurt myself sleeping. I understand. 
wake up in the morning, something's not working, it's just, all I did was sleep. Don't laugh too much, it's coming for you. But here's the reality about it. We're not just, we lose some element of flexibility physically, but we lose it spiritually as well. And we get comfortable. And we start to settle. And we go, you know what, I've done this long time. I'm ready to just enjoy the fruits of my labors. But here's what you will miss. You will miss the fulfilling sense of the purposes of God in your life. The Scripture says about those who grow older, it says they will flourish in the courts of our God, even in old age. That means more to me now today for some reason than it did when I was a teenager. I don't understand why it's so significant now. We have to recognize our need. Here's what I want to tell you about this boat thing. Jesus took Simon's boat and made it a platform, but you need to understand what that boat represents. That boat represented Simon's identity. He was a fisherman. That boat represented Simon's income. That's how he provided for his family. That boat represented Simon's security. The sense that everything was going to be okay. And so I want you to think in terms of this as you understand this first idea of his presence with us. Our awareness of his presence. Our willingness to accept his request to be in this with us. Think of it not in terms of a literal boat, but think of it in in terms of how you identify yourself. Your identity. Think of it in terms of your provision. Think of it in terms of your sense of security and what makes you feel safe. Let that be what we call the boat today. And it's important to understand His presence with us. Let me just tell you this. You go from, in this passage, you go from working all night and having no results to throwing out your nets again and having such a large catch of fish that it nearly sinks your boat and your partner's boats that you have to call in to help you. Let's just call this what it is from the Scripture. This is a financial miracle. Bill, it's fish. Yes, that's how he made his living. Fish in his net equaled money in his pocket. So let's call it what it is. God provided a financial miracle. Why did he do it? So that Peter could go around and brag and be on TV and talk about how blessed he was and and have everybody wanting to give him money? No. Why? Because God was about to ask him something. Jesus was about to challenge him to follow him on a different path. And what he was saying to Peter through this supernatural provision was, I got this. Follow me. I can bring fish where there were no fish. Now follow me. What was he saying? He was saying, what you're about to do, I'm about to redefine purpose for you, but I'm going to show you that you can trust me and that I'll meet your every need. His presence with us. Do you start your day making a choice? To become aware of His presence with you? It's not enough to just know that He said He would be. You know why He says, be still and know that I am God? So that you can walk in the awareness of God being with you all day. 
He's with you in your work, at school, in your family, in your relationships. He's with you. He's with you. We just must become aware. He changes everything by His presence with us. But here's the second thing. By His Word in us. Here's what happens when Jesus gets into the boat. Simon pushes out a little ways, and Jesus begins to teach the multitude. So here's Simon on his boat. Jesus is there, and what's he doing? He's sharing the Word with the multitudes. Guess what? Simon Peter is hearing it. He's hearing the words of Jesus. Hearing the Word of God, hearing Jesus, having His Word in us, in our lives, is not just something that preachers like to tell us to do. Read your Bible. Read your Bible. Read your Bible. Well, you don't understand. I'm certain we'll have you read your Bible. Read your Bible. We're not just here doing that. Why does it matter? Because when His Word is in us, it does two things. The first is it reveals His heart. Most of us do not understand the heart of God. We still operate under a yoke of performance. That's what religion teaches us, by the way. Do this, do this, do this, and do this, or else this, 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 and this. Is that right? There's truth to consequences, to choices and behaviors. I'm not saying there isn't. But the heart of God is revealed in His Word. The heart of God. His love for us. His desire for us. His will for us. His purpose for us. Do you know that the enemy still only has the same lie that he told in the Garden of Eden? It's the only lie he's ever had. God is withholding something good from you. Paul in 2 Corinthians 11 says, I'm concerned about the church that they're going to be corrupted just and deceived just like Eve was, and they're going to leave the simplicity of devotion to Christ. That's what 2 Corinthians 11.3 says. What happened to Eve? She was deceived. You know what the power of a lie is? Believing it. It's the only power the lie has. Once you identify it as a lie and reject it and no longer believe it, it no longer has power. I was with a friend of mine that uh, Pastor Allen knows very well, and we used to travel together a lot, and we, we were ministering down front one night uh, in a service, and a person came forward and said, Would you please pray for me? The devil's lying to me. My friend said, Well, if you know it's the devil, if you know he's lying, what's the big deal? And you know what their answer was? Oh, because I believe it. I believe it. Do you know how prone we are? We believe the enemy quicker than we believe God. You know why? He's usually saying what we're already thinking about ourselves. It's easier to agree with us. That's the power of a lie. That's why it's important that we not only have His presence with us, we have His Word in us because it reveals His heart. We hear Him and we hear the heart of God coming through and we Break off these lies that the enemy tries to tell us. The second thing is it changes our hearts. It reveals his heart, but it changes ours. Over the course of time that Jesus was teaching this message, Simon is sitting there listening, and something happens when his words 
when Jesus' words go in Peter's heart. Something happens. So, Bill, how do you know that? I know it because of what follows. Because basically, the Scripture says, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. And Jesus turns to him when he's done teaching and said, it's now I would like to ask you to do something else. Not just push out a little ways. You did that. Now I want to ask you to launch out into the deep. And I want you to take those same nets that accomplished nothing last night. And I want you to take those same that you've already washed, by the way. And we're putting up. I want to ask you to take those same nets and throw them in again for a catch. And the first response that Simon Peter had was, Lord, we've already tried that. We've done that already. We've already done everything we know to do. I already used my best lures. I already used my best tricks. I already, I already took it and, and threw it out there. I, I used all my moves and didn't catch any fish. Lord, there ain't no fish. Then that key word, remember that word I told you to underline or highlight? Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. Something had happened inside of Simon Peter. Something in him said, even if I don't understand it, even if I'm not sure how this can make any difference whatsoever, I have heard this man. I am aware of his presence with me, and I've heard his words. He's revealed his heart, and it's changing mine. And his word, I will let down the net. Let me put this to you this way. Obedience opens the door for opportunity. Some of us complain that we don't have opportunities. All we see is obstacles. You ever know anybody like that? Don't point, that's rude. You ever know anybody like that? They don't see opportunities, they just see obstacles. And it's a point of view, it's a perspective, it's an attitude, it's an entire way of viewing life that needs to be transformed and changed because every obstacle actually presents an opportunity. But it's obedience that opens the doors. You ever known anybody that seems like they just get opportunity after opportunity? Like doors just seem to open for these folks. Do you ever catch yourself going, I like that person? It's obedience that opens those doors. It's when we're able to say, nevertheless, when our heart has been changed and faith has begun to respond to His Word in us. His presence with us. He changes everything. His Word in us. He changes everything. But here's the third part. His blessing on our efforts. Jesus said, Simon... Launch out and let down the nets again for a catch. It's important that you understand who did the work here. Jesus didn't say, let me show you how to do that, Simon. Jesus didn't say, hey, scoot over, bub. Let me show you how a real fisherman fishes. It's all in the wrist. It's how you pop that, right? You just throw it out there. You throw that net right there. Supernatural. Boom, bang. There you go. Miracle time. That's not what he did. Who did the effort? The same person who had done the effort the night before. The water was the same. The boat was the same. 
The nets were the same. Simon Peter was the same. The only difference was this time Jesus was in the boat with him. The word of Jesus had gotten inside of him. And then the blessing of Jesus on his effort was released. You really got to pay attention to that right there. There was blessing on the effort. But whose effort was it? It was Simon's. And we could talk about the decaying worth ethic in our culture, and we could talk about all of that, but we can talk about we just need to learn how to work hard. We just learn, but I know a lot of Christians who are exhausted from working hard. Simon Peter worked really hard the whole night before and saw nothing. I believe in working hard. I think it's important that we do that. I think that we have a commitment to do what we're responsible for. I Don't misunderstand me. I think that's significant. But there's nothing like effort with favor and blessing on it. I'm sure the nets weren't any easier to fool with on that day than they were the night before. In fact, it was more effort because this time it's full of fish. It's way easier to pull a net in with no fish in it than it is to pull one in full of fish. So we actually worked harder, but the difference was the blessing of God was on His effort. How does this happen? Well, it begins when we believe. When we believe what God is saying, when we believe and take Him at His word. You see, Simon had to choose to trust Jesus' motives. When Jesus said, hey, Simon, here's how he could have heard it. Hey, Simon, hey, why don't we go out and throw the nets out again? Let's see how much fish you catch this time. Loser. He could have heard that. Right? He could have heard, hey, I I know, I got an idea. Let's go waste some time throwing nets out in this same spot again. Let's do that. He could have heard that. Isn't it funny how we often hear things just that way? But what Simon heard, what Simon heard gave him a response of faith. It said, nevertheless, and he chose to believe. Trusted that Jesus wasn't just taunting him, wasn't just poking at him, wasn't just exploiting his weakness or his failure, wasn't just trying to make fun of him. He said, you know what, there's a purpose here. I'm aware of his presence. His word is in me. Something's happened. It's revealed his heart. It's changed mine. At his word, I'm going to do this. And obedience opened the door to opportunity, and suddenly blessing flowed in on his efforts. So it begins when we believe. But here's the second thing. But it happens when we obey. Nothing would have happened if Simon hadn't picked those nets up and thrown them in the water. Well, Jesus could have just made those fish jump in the boat. I guess. Would that have helped Simon? I don't know. Something about the provision of God. He times it right, and he does it in a manner that that, that actually benefits us to the maximum degree. And it was important for Simon to see that the miracle didn't occur in Jesus' hands. It occurred in his hands because of the blessing of Jesus. (laughs) 
So his obedience, he threw it out there. Now, the Scripture tells us the result. It was, it was staggering. So much so that everyone was stunned and amazed, and even Peter himself fell down and said, Get away from me. I'm not a good person. What he saw by this financial blessing, this outpouring of blessing, didn't make him arrogant. It humbled him and showed him how undeserving of it he actually was. Let me give you this statement. Effort enhanced by favor exceeds expectation. You want to hear it again? Effort enhanced by favor exceeds expectations. That's exactly what happened on this day in Luke chapter 5. Regardless of your situation, regardless of your circumstance, Jesus is asking to use your boat as a platform. His presence with you. His word in you. His blessing on you. Changes everything. Changes everything. Bill, you don't understand my situation. I, I'm in, I work for a heathen. Really? Yes, he's horrible. She's horrible. I work for a pagan. I live in a dark place, Bill. It's a dark place. I'm having to walk in a dark place. Well, where is light needed most? Have you found that church is often like a salt shaker with no holes in the top? We like to accumulate, come together, and talk about how salty we are. Or we like to come together and each shine as brightly as we can around each other. Look how light we are. We're light. We're full of light. But go where the light is needed. And that is where you go out every day into this world. I'm meddling a little, aren't I? Whatever your situation, whether it's your work life, your family life, your, your uh, relationships, whatever level, your job, whatever it is, that boat, Jesus wants to be in that with you and He is there, but you need to become aware. He will change everything if you will become aware of His presence with you. Allow His Word to be in you and embrace His blessing on your effort. So, well, Bill, how do we do that? Well, here's three things. I want you to just bow your head and close your eyes. Whatever situation came to the front of your mind a moment ago when I said that your boat might be your circumstance or your situation, whatever came to your mind, here's the first thing I want you to do. I want you to invite Jesus right now into that boat with you. It might be some struggle. might be a bad situation. might even be a good situation. Whatever it is, wherever you are, whatever came to your mind, Right now, say, Lord Jesus, I want to be aware of your presence with me in this right now. Here's the second thing. I want you to hear 
and receive His Word today. This message, let it be a beginning point. I know what's happening with some of us right now. We're thinking, man, I wish so-and-so were here today to hear this message. Can I tell you that God knew who would be here today? Do you agree with me? Did God know who was going to be here today? Did God know who would be sitting in this room today when He put it on my heart to bring this message to you? I think we can safely assume this word is for us. Make a decision to hear and receive His Word. Here's the third thing. Make a choice to obey. In other words, do what He asks you to do. Follow His directions and receive His blessing. Not perform to gain His blessing. Not to work to earn His blessing. To obey and receive His blessing. For we know that we are saved by grace. It's grace. Not of works. Why? Men would boast and brag about their works. It's not about that. Invite Him into the boat. Hear and receive His word. Obey and receive His blessing. Father, I pray right now for every person in this room, every individual, every household, every family represented, Whatever the circumstance or situation that they're in in this moment right now in their lives, I pray that a supernatural awareness of your presence right there with them in the midst of it would be like revelation and like a light turning on. I pray, God, there would become just a a keen awareness that we are not alone. We've not been abandoned. That you are here. You are with us. I pray, Father, that every person who's hearing this message, every person who will hear it, if it goes online or anywhere else, would choose to hear and receive this Word, Your Word. Let it be transformational, life-changing to us. God, I pray that You would give us the ability to make the choice to obey You, to follow Your direction, to do what You've asked us to do, to step in the direction that You've led us, to obey and to believe and receive Your blessing on our efforts. I just tell Him, thank You. Thank You that You're in this with me. Thank you for your word that changes me. Thank you for favor on my effort as I obey. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to tell you it's important that you not let the enemy steal this from you today. I want to tell you it's important that when you walk out of here today that you not get your focus back on what your boat looks like rather than on Him being with you in it. It's important. It's not only important because God loves you and He wants you to walk in the things that He has in mind for you, but it's important for this area. It's important for this region. It's important for the people who are around you because let me tell you, any time God's blessing is on our effort, it spills over. 
onto others. The miracle of provision didn't just affect Simon Peter, it affected his partners. It was larger than he himself could bring in. He had to holler out, hey, this, this is amazing. You've got to come help me. Anytime God puts his hand on a church and they experience growth and blessing and favor, it benefits every church in the area. It just does. It's important not just for us, it's important for those around us to see the goodness of God. Because that flies in the face of the lie of the enemy that God is withholding something good. Would you stand with me? How many of you would be willing to say, I'm willing to take this word to heart today? How many of you feel it was timely for where you are in your life right now? Father, we thank You that Your Word is always right what we need. Thank You, God, that it is always nourishment to our soul and it's strength to our spirit. Lord, I thank You for this church. I thank You for this group of men and women, these families, these individuals. I thank You for Your purposes that are upon their lives. I thank You for the boat that You so want to be in with them. Lord, I I speak blessing, favor, and encouragement upon Your people, upon Your church. And I thank You in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to thank Pastor Allen for the opportunity to come and bring the Word to you today. Thank you for listening today. I want to turn it back to Pastor Allen now to close out the service in whatever way he feels you would like to. But thank you again for the privilege of sharing the Word with you.